Says Nathan, strap them down and light them up. It's time to go wicked fast. Got lots of great news right here on Bass Edge Radio. As always, Bass Edge Radio brought to you by our friends at MegaWare Keelguard. Protect your boat from grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete boat ramps. Visit them at keelguard.com. Aaron, let's not hesitate. We're going to get left behind. Bass Edge Radio begins right now. know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, October 1st, a lot of guys are hitting the woods, but I tell you, certainly you and I have been hitting the water as, uh, quite frankly, you and I have talked about before coming on the air. This is one of our favorite times of year to fish. It is, Aaron. It's an awesome time of year to fish. Generally, you know, with hunting season getting kicked off in many locations, you know, you see a lot less boat traffic, which I always enjoy. It is a really great time to fish. I just finished up, uh, you know, just a week or so ago, Lake Champlain, but the last northern open from a BASS of the year. And um, man, I had a pretty good event, just not quite good enough. Uh, <laughs> I finished 48th, just eight ounces out of the money. Man, I had a great time up there. That place, that lake, if listeners have never been there and they ever get a chance to go to Lake Champlain, it is the most ridiculous lake as far as just sheer numbers. And I mean, from first place to a hundredth place, it's always like a four or five pound separation, very small. Um, you know, you got 20 pounds pretty much leads all the time and everybody's got seemingly 12 13 pounds plus so uh, just a ton of fish up there caught lots of smallmouth even caught a nice large mouth or two so you know you could tell up here in the northeast fall has arrived there, there is no question that fall has arrived i actually got a chance to go to the new hampshire nascar race and uh, man it was chilly all day long blustery leaves starting to fall off the trees really haven't had peak season up here yet with uh, the foliage and things but uh, man you can tell that falls in the air and it feels good i gotta say <laughs> yeah that's certainly a far cry from uh, kind of where it's been it we're just now here in the midwest starting to feel that i too have kind of uh, been a little road weary uh, like you kurt don't see how you do this non-stop like you do but uh, just got off kind of off the heels of the central pro elite championship down on bull shoals and of course as you know i'm kind of that white river uh, impoundment guy to you know from beaver to table rock certainly table rock being my 
my favorite then on the Bull Shoals through there. Was really looking forward to this and certainly got on Bass Blaster and did all of my uh, usual analysis, just kind of putting those patterns together. And I more or less came up with Kurt that I was, I know that you're going to find this hard to believe, but I actually fished shallow the entire time. And let me tell you what a blast. Probably the most fun I've ever had on Bull Shoals in my life. Everything 100% topwater. It held consistent with exactly what uh, kind of on Bass Gold, rather not, I said Bass Blaster earlier, I meant to say Bass Gold that I'd logged on there and, and found the patterns, but uh, I, my problem was I, j- I just couldn't keep them hooked, which so that's just typical topwater. A lot of guys had problems with that. Hats off to Adam Johnson, who kind of walked away with it by about a four-pound margin, but uh, setting in, I think, 15th or 16th, going into the second day, I did not make the top 12 cut. Certainly had enough fish on to walk away with the event, but hey, that's just how it goes, and needless to say, I had a fantastic time, and directly after that, before the recording of this, got to join uh, Major League Fishing down at Big Cedar with kind of their sponsor summit and, and see what's going on inside the property, so there'll be a lot more information coming out uh, with some cool announcements that Bass Edge will have, as you know, but we're not going to let that cat out of the bag just yet. Yeah, right. That is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know, not to mention, you know, we're both talking about our great fishing experiences that we've had lately, and how about that uh, final elite event at the AOI Championship on Millax? We would be digress if we did not even mention, first of all, Seth Fighter just uh, bringing down the house, basically, and uh, that was great to see, but the giant smallmouth coming out of that joint was unbelievable. Caught up most of it on on Bass Blaster. Had some great tips on uh, smallmouth. Make sure if you're not getting the Bass Blaster email, Aaron mentioned it earlier, along with Bass Gold, send that subscription out. It's free. It's simple. You got information coming right to your doorstep via email, and that's uh, BassBlaster at BassGold.com. Just let Jay Kumar there know you're interested in uh, keeping the latest tips, techniques, and bass fishing info coming to your inbox. That's right, and uh, absolutely congrats out to Seth, but also congrats out to Gerald Swindle, another AO Angler of the Year, AOY, to put uh, kind of on his list, and we were talking uh, there before takeoff at kind of the championship of just a guy that, uh, man, what a workhorse, you know, and uh, I always kind of throw myself into that. I didn't have the genetics to be a racehorse, so I got to be a workhorse, and uh, hats off to Gerald for doing that, and speaking of kind of a, a workhorse that we depend on often is our technical equipment that kind of gets us to and from. And Kurt, we've got an interesting segment that's coming up right now. I think I could be wrong, but in the 241 episodes of these that we've done, I think this is our first product review coming in all the way from Virginia from a loyal listener, Mike Grogan. Let's join Mike and uh, tap into him and see what he has to say about a very, very helpful product. Hey, Bass Edge Nation, one of our radio show's longtime listeners sent in a question last month that we actually discussed on the show. Mike Grogan is from Williamsburg, Virginia, fishes the James River when he has the opportunity, has had some problems with his outboard motor skeg on a few occasions due to running shallow water necessary to navigate the river. We brought Mike to the show to tell us about his experience with MegaWare Keelgar Skeg Guard. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me to the show. 
show. I appreciate it. I'm a longtime listener and uh, just happy to be here with you and Aaron today. Hey, Mike, uh, no problem. Glad uh, you have kind of been part of the Bass Edge family for so long. And speaking of somebody else that's been part of that family for a long time is MegaWare Keelguard. And certainly they joined in to help us send out that skate guard. So far, you know, you're, you're kind of giving us a technical review. What did you think about when you received that in the mail? Well, I got to admit, I was relieved. I've uh, gone through so many repairs on my skag as it is, trying to get back to some of these fishing holes where we've got spots behind mud flats and sandbars and everything else. And been driving around with a motor on my boat for the last few months that looks like a, a bite's been taken out of the skag. <laughs> so it was kind of nice just to know that maybe I'm at the end of the road here and I don't have to continually try and repair this thing. Well, Mike, you know, we understand a lot of folks don't have time to do things on their own. Did you end up uh, trying to install the skeg guard yourself or take it to a local dealer? You know, actually, I wasn't sure what I was getting when it first came. So I was, uh, again, kind of happy when I, I realized that I could install this myself. Read the instructions, told me that really it was just two screws that you need to install at the top of the skeg guard so that it could be affixed to the, the skeg itself. And it really was pretty easy. By the time uh, I was done with the whole thing, I think it took me maybe 15 minutes. You just take a rubber mallet, you just kind of seat it right on the bottom of the motor. And as you push it up on there, it sets up the two holes. You drill two holes and it's on there. And that's all it took for me. So about 15 minutes and I was done. And certainly post-installation, Mike, what did you think once that you kind of ran the motor with the skate guard installed? I was really happy that it didn't have any performance change at all got out there the first day, put it in the water, wasn't really sure what to expect, but you know, the thing looks great. And once we put it in the water, really no performance change at all. I've got a boat that runs really well as it is. Took a lot of time setting it up. So it was nice to know that I could install this on there and it wasn't going to uh, affect the performance at all. So I, I really was happy with that. Well, in, in years past, you've had some some skeg issues that you mentioned in your question, and you've had to re-weld some stuff. How has it been since you've had it on there? Does it feel solid? Does it, uh, you know, obviously, once you start re-welding some of that skeg stuff, you know, that kind of gets chipped off and everything, it becomes pretty soft metal. And, and I, I know the skeg guard is really hard. You feel like it's going to last a long time? Yeah, where it's mounted is all the way up at the top, up closer to where the shaft of the propeller is. So it really holds holds well there. I don't think that there's anything I'll have to worry about. If anything, I've got a much better seat down there for my skeg than I had before. Probably have had three repairs done to my skeg in the last year or two, and that's a pretty common problem down here on the James River and Chickahominy River. So it's nice to, as I said, hopefully just be at the end of the road with this thing. Well, that is awesome. Mike. This is the first time we've ever done this here at Bass Edge. We're really glad MegaWare Keel Guard would step in, send you that skeg guard. Um, and I hope all of Bass Edge listeners will continue to look for the the MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Skeg Pro, and Scuff Buster. Been huge supporters of Bass Edge since 2006. Man, wow, Aaron, that's 10 years. That is awesome. You got to love those guys. Absolutely. You know, and uh, certainly really appreciate, Mike, you calling in, being with us today, and, and giving us uh, kind of our, our first time product review that really wasn't even planned, but uh, you're the lucky recipient, and you've certainly helped out a tremendous amount of the uh, Bass Edge Nation today with kind of just an unsolicited. Uh, product review coming straight from from the end user really appreciate that well thanks for answering my questions i really appreciate what megaware did for me and i love listening to bass edge hope you guys keep it up keep up the great show we will definitely do that we're going to post several of these photos that mike sent into the show and uh we're going to put them on our facebook page so make sure you check those out that megaware skeg guard that uh man everybody needs that for their boat hang tight y'all bass edge is going to be right back with our angler spotlight 
one of America's favorite bass anglers with us today on Bass Edge Radio. He will be making his second Bassmaster Classic appearance next March down on Lake Conroe in Texas. Super happy to have with us the 2016 BASS Northern Open James River Champion, Charlie Hartley. Thanks for taking time to be with us today, Charlie. Hey, Kurt. Super excited to be here. Really cool to hear the word champion next to your name, let me tell you. You bet. Certainly. Congratulations. That'll never get old hearing that, I'm sure. But, you know, you have been at this game for uh, quite a while now. And what does it mean to you personally to get your first BASS win? Uh, It means a whole lot to me personally, Aaron. But to be honest with you, I'm not one of the luckiest people in the world when I was driving to the James River, and I was one of the luckiest people in the world driving home from the James River. I just love to fish, and I'm going to show up to every tournament they'll let me show up to anyway, and if I happen to win along the way, that's just icing on the cake, buddy. I really, really love catching a fish. It's never gotten old to me. I giggle like a little girl every time I catch a fish, and when it's in a tournament, it's just that times 10. You know, Charlie, it's amazing the level of enthusiasm you always have. Whether you catch a hundred fish or miss five bites on a particular trip, it doesn't matter. You always have a huge positive attitude. And I know that's got to be hard sometimes because we all have some struggles. <laughs> we overcome adversity. Um, and, and you've had some great performances, but none that ended perfect like this one did on the James River. Did you feel it was your time as you were sitting in the hot seat on stage with just one angler left to weigh in? Kurt, I really didn't. Uh, the last day was kind of a struggle. It wasn't a strong day, and uh, there had been some awful big bags weighed all week, uh, and of course, uh, we had some sticks in that top 12. A couple of elite anglers and probably the best James River fishermen in the world, David Dudley and uh, I really didn't think I had it won but I I did know that I'd had a good day and I wasn't going to drop clear down to 12th a lot of times when I make the final cut I seem to drop I always say oh I can't do any worse than 12th well daggone it I'll end up in 12th with that attitude (laughs) (laughs) right yeah it's it's certainly amazing Charlie how kind of that mental space of which we talk a lot about you know the warfare that goes on between the years but you know, kind of talking about strategies here, you have one other top 25 performance on the James and then some respectable results in other visits. How did you develop kind of that winning strategy that really put you at the top there at the end? You know, the difference may have been the time of year we were there. I fished a lot of the stuff I have other times we've been there, but we were there in the heat of the summer. It couldn't have been any more hot. And uh, the fish really, you know, right off, I seemed to figure out they were on hard structure and I figured out a bait that they seemed to like to bite. And uh, I spent most of my practice with no hook, flipping that ribbon tail worm and just marking bites. And, uh, you know, what probably resulted in the win was the fact that the last day I had to go to new water. And I don't mean new water to me, but new water in the tournament. I did not go back to docks or piers or barges that I had already flipped the first two days and mainly because I'd been sharing the water with Mike Iconelli and by the end of the second day we had pounded it to the point where I didn't have any confidence in it so uh, 
it was a struggle the second day, but it probably made it uh, easy for me the third day to go to new waypoints. And uh, that's one of the hardest things for me to do is to leave an area that has gotten me in contention to win the tournament. We struggle so hard to do well in a tournament. And when you do, you have to fight all your human nature to leave that spot when they quit biting. It's so hard to leave a good spot. What keys you in, Charlie, on making that decision? I mean, obviously you see some tournaments. One is as you did, you know, kind of moving around and, and shaking it up and, and getting on some some fresh fish or fresh locations that you can continue to plug away from and have that winning strategy. But, uh, you know, we, you also see guys that will stay on the same area and continue catching them and win. How did you personally decide that, hey, you know, this is fading. I need something that's coming, you know. So how does that, yeah. how does that work for you? Yeah, you know, I've been in this position before and I'm like you need to do something different this time and again sharing that water with Ike in the last three hours the second day I was struggling to get a bite so I was not anxious for a change to go back to what had fed me so well that first day Kurt on the James went so well it's one of those tournament days you dream of you know as well as I do the first tournament day normally does not go as you have planned and that's one thing I've trained my brain to be ready for is it's not going to go like you think it's going to. So be ready for that instead of letting that spin you out. But that first day went like clockwork. And the second day, halfway through the day, it was such a struggle. I knew I had to go to some fresh water or I was going to start that way the third day, you know, and it had gotten frustrating the second day, halfway through the day. Ike and I were, uh, we were on the exact same pattern and it was so many times the second day I'd run to another set of docks or I'd no wake in between two docks and he'd be right there and we'd look at each other and laugh because we knew we weren't fishing that water because Ike and Ellie was fishing it and he wasn't fishing it because Charlie Hartley was fishing it. We were on the exact same bite. And, and you could almost pick out the area. So did you guys actually communicate at all during? Or, <laughs> only, or, or? only by only by laughing at each other about the okay. fourth time. When we, <laughs> and Ike doesn't normally fish that uh, tight or, or get so far between docks you don't see him. I was literally no waking with the trolling motor down around a couple of docks to get in between one of the ones that looked right. And I turned the corner with the big motor down and he was in there just giggling because he'd seen me coming. But I had seen <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. That's funny. Well, it's amazing that you guys were fishing a lot of the same water and still both of you made the top 12 and excelled. And uh, it was great to see you end up on top, Charlie. The last classic you fished, Lake Hartwell, 2008, one that I know you'll never forget, one that I'll never forget, one that probably <laughs> a lot of Bass Edge listeners will never forget. You came out leading the event after day one. So the pressure of your first classic is gone. You, you've seen the view from the top of the mountain. How are you going to approach this classic pre-practice and preparation for next March at Lake Conroe? Kurt, I wish everyone who's ever fished a tournament could be told they're leading the Bassmasters Classic. That was the most emotional words a fisherman can ever hear. It was one of the greatest weeks of my life, and I will do what I did to get ready for Hartwell. I uh, pre-fish almost to a fault, and uh, it has everything to do with confidence. I will not be the best angler at Conroe, but I will make sure I know Lake Conroe better than any other angler.
angler, and that's my advantage on most people. I do not mind putting the work in. It's actually a joy for me to go prepare for a tournament, and my life is in a position where I'm going to get to spend a bunch of time down there and looking forward to preparing for that tournament. A lot of the information that benefited me at Hartwell was found from way before it went off limits, and not uh, learning where the fish would be, but learning the lake. I really need to be comfortable with a body of water. I need to know what's up that arm, and I need to know when the wind blows this way that the fish do that, and I need to know when it rains, these creeks muddy up, and those creeks don't. That just makes me really confident in the tournament, and my confidence is very fragile. When you uh, finish as poorly as I do, it doesn't take much to make you think you're not going to do well in the tournament. So, uh, Kurt, you know exactly. I'm not kidding. You know as well as I do. Our heads can go in a bad place real quick, so the more information I have and the more preparation I can do to make me believe I can hang with Kevin Van Dam, that is so important in these tournaments. Once you don't believe you can beat someone, you will not beat them. Once you don't believe you can catch a fish, you won't catch a fish. It is This is so much about the nine inches between your ears or as big as my head is after the James, the 12 inches between your ears. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I totally get that. And uh, so I'm assuming you're going to become a Texas resident in this fall, which is yeah, uh, which right. will be awesome. Maybe I can make a trip over to uh, to hang out on Conroe with you a little bit. I know absolutely nothing about the lake, but uh, I know that I love hanging out with you. So that would be a lot I of fun. I would love sure. to fish with you, Kurt. We need to do that. I've been told I make people want to fish, and that's one of the greatest compliments I've ever been told. So I would love to go fishing with you. I have a lot of fun when I go fishing, Kurt. Oh, you bet. You bet. i tell you what. We need to take a quick break from this action. Bass Edge Radio is going to be right back with BASS angler Charlie Hartley. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Bass Edge Nation, we return with professional angler Charlie Hartley in today's Angler Spotlight, presented by MegaWear KeelGuard. Be sure to protect your boat from harmful rocks and road debris. Visit them at KeelGuard.com. Hey, Charlie, you do not, obviously, live in the best bass fishing state, although it's not the last on the list either. What has fishing kind of in Ohio really taught you that has allowed you to become a successful bass angler? You know, fishing in Ohio, I always say we're some of the greatest fishermen in the world, but we don't know a lot about catching fish. And I I mean that jokingly, but one thing I learned in Ohio and most Ohio anglers have in common is we're very good at preparing our tackle. We have to enjoy our tackle because we're not going to get to enjoy a lot of fish. And I'm just kidding, (laughs) but all that preparation really is key in a tournament. Um, You would get so few bites that I would uh, make sure my tackle 
tackle was so prepared that I could spend all eight hours fishing and flipping instead of rigging baits. One thing I see people do all the time is they'll break off their key lure and they don't even have another one rigged up or ready to go. They've got to get out a new trailer and, and assemble a new lure. Daggone it, if you know you're going to be flipping something all day, have a half dozen of them prepared and ready to go. Time is money out there. Very well said. And I can't stress I'll right along with you that uh, I'm guilty of that sometimes <laughs> just because uh, when, when you get out there, you get so much running through your head. You know, you want to crankbait in this area or a spinnerbait over here and a topwater over there. And, and, and you can kind of get a little bit jumbled. But, you know, as fall is upon us, you've got some major seasonal patterns that are changing. Charlie, what clues are you looking for in, in that early preparation to capitalize with your fishing strengths and styles and more importantly, confidence lures? Yeah, fall is a great time, but a lot of times the fishermen get ahead of the fish in the fall. We want the fish to start moving up where we can enjoy them more. And uh, the fish seem to know the days get shorter, but it really has to do with the bait fish moving, and that has to do with water temperature. But one thing I love to do in the fall, Kurt, is fish topwater. Topwater really excels in the fall, and you can cover a bunch of water. And there's no one alive who doesn't like catching a fish on top. So I fish a lot of topwater baits in the fall. And of course, as everyone will tell you, match the hatch. You know, fish are storing up for the winter. They're feeding on shad and they can be anywhere suspended over the bait or they can be following the bait back in the creek. So it's a great time of the year. One of the greatest things about fishing is it should never be boring. Either the seasonal change, the lake will change, or even the quarry you're chasing can change. So never get bored with fishing. If you're bored fishing, you're doing it wrong. That's right. You mentioned water temperature there real quick. Is there some specific temps that you can share with us that you're looking for that you feel like are those magical numbers? Yeah, you know, it's relative around the country. Uh, just like deep water is a relative thing, temperature is a relative thing. So those first cool nights is what triggers the fish. Um, it's when we get those first cold fronts of the year. We had them up north a few weeks ago, and we're going to have them down here in our part of the country where I'm at right now just next week. So those first uh, cold fronts is really what triggers it. You know, speaking of changing conditions, Charlie, let's talk quickly about fall Florida bass fishing. Kurt has mentioned that you spend some quality time down south. As the weather kind of turns a bit chilly up north where you're from, what are you looking for as fall moves in that part of the country with such different types of fisheries that you find in other parts of the U.S.? You know, Florida is such a wonderful place uh, where it only gets uh, media attention when we're there in the spring for tournaments, and that can be touch or go that time of the year. You either hit it really good in the spring or we get a cold front and Florida gets a bad rap. But I will tell you, fall fishing in Florida, November is one of the best months in Florida. That's when those fish will eat topwater all day and all night. I love fishing prop baits down there. Still low lights, the key, but uh, you can catch fish on topwater in Florida you know, at high noon. Uh, I have 100 fish days down there on a prop bait, and I'm like a crack addict. When they'll eat that prop bait, even if there's other <laughs> ways to catch them, you're going to have troubles getting it out of my hand. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I can relate. I can relate to that. Charlie, it is time for O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. A listener question segment. This is perfect right down your alley for the James River win. You had mentioned fishing some docks and stuff, and, and 
This question comes from Tom in St. Louis, Missouri. Tom asks, when fishing docks, a variety of factors come into play, wind, shade, current, seasonal, docks and coves, main lake docks. How do you go about selecting a dock with a lake that has lots of them, in his case, Lake of the Ozarks, and what process do you use to break down and establish a pattern that you can use across the entire lake? You know, docks are uh, one of my favorite things to fish, and they can also be your greatest downfall. You need to know when the fish are on the docks and when they're not, but I love fishing docks. Unfortunately, a lake with a lot of docks, the docks are not as desirable. Uh, I'm familiar with Lake of the Ozarks a whole bunch of docks, but things you can look forward to uh, break them down is uh, in, in a lake with too many docks. I like isolated docks instead of a stretch of 10 docks. It looks like it'd be real convenient to flip all 10. I'll pick one out all by itself, mainly because most people are too lazy to stop at that dock. But you mentioned seasonal in the question. That's probably what I most look at when I'm dock fishing is I try to make the docks match the seasonal patterns. In the spring, docks clear in the back of the pockets. Fish love to spawn under. Uh, one of my favorite patterns is post-spawn as the fish leave the spawning bays, the last dock or two, leaving a spawning bay are critical docks for post-spawn fish. They leave those beds, they back up under those docks, and that's when I roll a big fat Senko to them, a seven inch, and I call it rolling the bratwurst up under the dock. A lot of times those, <laughs> bigs, those big sows will take that bratwurst off the top before it even stops skipping. And uh, the other thing I will tell you about docks is don't be afraid to put heavy enough line on to get them out of there. It took me years to listen what Denny Brown always told me if you're going to go through all that trouble to hook that fish you might as well land him so put string on strong enough to get his butt out of there well and of course charlie bring up uh, one of the greatest stock fishermen there and certainly on lake the ozarks that was his uh, original stomping <laughs> grounds but would you agree that uh, you know kind of when looking at docks you're also just really removing the dock and somewhat reading the topography that's under it which gives it unique factors on a lake like lake the ozarks couldn't agree more. Some docks span huge depth ranges. Some docks span no depth ranges. And, uh, you know, the docks that did well for me at the Classic in Hartwell were real unique. They were out over deep water, but someone had hung Christmas trees on clothesline off of them. So there were Christmas trees hanging halfway down. I mean, what an incredible environment that created, you know. So docks are more than just the pilings and the piers and the boat lifts. Well, good information there. And Charlie, certainly. Thank you for answering that question. Hey, Tom, need one thing from you. Be sure to email us at support at BassEdge.com or log on to BassEdge.com and click on the Claim Your Prize segment. Make sure to let us know that you heard your question answered on the show, and we'll send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. As always, a reminder all listeners to win potentially that next O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. We want to hear your feedback of the show. Email us, support at BassEdge.com. Leave us those awesome comments through our Facebook page and Twitter handle. Charlie, congrats again on being the 2016 BASS Open Champion and 2017 Classic Qualifier. As we close down this interview and uh, really let you get back to fishing, any thoughts you want to leave Bass Edge Nation with? 
just one quick thing. I got so many nice emails, texts, calls, well wishes for winning that tournament. And I just, if I didn't get back to you, I apologize. Better than the trophy is being told by your peers you've done a good job. So keep the good words coming. Kurt asked how I stay so positive. That's how I stay positive. People tell me, keep going, Charlie. So I'll never quit. (laughs) That's awesome. Charlie, it's always great having you uh, around and, and awesome to have you first time here on Bass Edge Radio. I know the fans appreciate that enthusiasm and uh, man, we wish you all the best. Bass Edge is going to return right after this short break. This is FLW Tour Pro Brian Thrift. Y'all stay right here for more Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Aaron, dude, this has been a fantastic show. Awesome to have Charlie Hartley on with us. Awesome to hear about all of his stuff. But there's one thing, man, that I think is so important. And, you know, we can talk about the mental stuff and the fishing stuff and the techniques and the lures and the decision making. But, dude, there is one thing that Charlie Hartley brings to the table that is everlasting and never ending. And that is attitude, 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 attitude. He is super positive all the time. Sure, he gets disappointed. He's human. But man, that guy is smiling, happy, ready to get after it no matter what happened the last 15 seconds. It's awesome. Kurt, I couldn't agree more. A lot of times, you know, as human, obviously, we're all faced with adversity. But it's what each of us choose to do with that, those times, and and kind of what we, how we choose to process that information of moving through those seemingly perceived moments of difficult times. And that guy, I mean, he fired me up just listening to him. You know, 10 cups of coffee can't give me the energy that that guy did. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly right. And and, and the, what's amazing, I've been able to spend some, some quality time around Charlie and, uh, you know, eat supper with him and hang out. We stayed at the same lodge and places at, at different tournaments. And uh, there's no show. It's just Charlie. That's just who the guy is. And uh, he's always the same. You know, one thing he's known for on tour is keeping his equipment sparkling clean all the time. So uh, it profounds in all aspects of his life. And uh, to know him is to love him. And uh, it was just great having him on the show today. And man, what an awesome show. It seems like we've been on for a long time today. But man, it's just been super action packed. It has. And it's really flown by. And I certainly want to throw out a huge thanks to uh, Mike Grogan for participating in kind of that fan listener product review that we did with the Skate Guard. And certainly, thanks. Big shout out to Charlie Hartley, and we will definitely have him back. And speaking of, of being back on the air, unfortunately, we are out of time today, but be sure to join us October 15th for another action packed episode of Bass Edge Radio. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. So long, everybody. We'll see you October 15th. 
You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard Keel Protectors. The Edge is presented by Keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.